0: You know, this congregation is very blessed to have the men that we have here that are capable of leading singing, of leading the prayer service, coming before you and preaching the word. And I appreciate uh, Aubrey and his song service this evening. He didn't know I was going to be preaching on the burdens of life, and he picked this 267, and in it, It had uh, at his feet I'll lay every burden down and with Jesus reign forever. That is so true. When God created man and woman, they lived a tranquil life full of love and joy. No worries, no strife, no anxieties. They did not have to face the problems of this world because there was no problems in the world at that time. But when sin entered into the world, at the reading of Genesis 3:6, we see man's life changed forever. The beginnings of worries and strife and anxieties began to plague man mentally and physically. The cares of this world began to weigh heavy on his mind and heart. If you were to take all the adjectives that describe these mental and physical burdens on man, we could sum them up in one word. And that word is stress. Something I like to do to Frank every once, once in a while is put a little stress on him, <laughs> just, for, just for fun. This word stress really has a double meaning. Um, in fact, I mentioned it the other day and Conrad said, well, stress uh, is the bending or the pushing or pulling of metal. It's uh, which results in a strain of the metal. That's where the wor- word originated from, was uh, from the bending of metal. And, um, but however, in the late 1930s, a research doctor named Hans uh, Sully used the word stress to describe a person's mental or physical response to an environmental stimulus. Before we begin using the word stress to describe this state, Doctors recognized that we suffered mentally and physically from through outside stimulus During the Civil War doctors coined the phrase soldier's heart To describe a vague feeling experienced by the soldiers on the battlefield in World War one the term shell shock Was used to describe soldiers that experienced heavy artillery which was later abandoned and before World War II. It was renamed battle fatigue. Then the word stress was used during, which during that time was not considered a medical term. Uh, It's also interesting to note that there's no way that you can measure the level of stress on an individual because depending on the individual, they deal with stress in their own way. Well, what is stress? How does stress affect us? Stress is your body's mechanism to protect you in emergencies, like slamming on the brakes if you're about to hit a car in front of you. It triggers your adrenaline and gives you added strength in times when faced with life and death death situations. However, stress in small amounts, small dosages uh, can help you, can help you maintain your focus Maybe in preparation for a test or writing a research paper or perhaps during a, a game of billiards. A little stress of winning gives you the added focus to make that needed shot. Another example would be this sermon that I'm preaching to you this evening. And a little stress helps keeps me focused and to the point where I need to be in order to get it completed. And hopefully it'll be one that lasts a whole 30 minutes. But too much stress can have an adverse effect on an individual. The body has a difficult time differentiating between mental or physical threats. So if you're overly stressed due to a disagreement with a friend or with a spouse, or maybe a work deadline or a mountain of bills, your body reacts the same way it would if it was in danger of life or death. If these situations persist, it becomes easy for the body to react in prolonged stress, then becomes hard to turn off. Let me interject uh, something here. Social media is a big cause of stress in the life of our young people. I know that's not popular for me to say, but children should be restricted from the use of social media until they are capable of handling the bullying and the negative communications that occur on these devices. Stress, if it becomes a constant companion, like it is for most people today, then your body will experience an intensified state of stress all the time. This can lead to serious health issues which can affect every aspect of your being. It can affect your body's immune system, can cause strokes, heart attacks, depression, digestive problems, weight issues, anxiety disorders, and the list goes on. This is, uh, this is serious. So some of you may be asking, uh, who am I to talk about stress? Certainly, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I do know about stress. Phyllis and I both know about stress. We have to maintain a payroll for 13 people every week. We have to pay the IRS their taxes every week. We have bills that come due every week. And some of the big projects that we have, we have to buy equipment daily. See, Phyllis is the financial officer of the company. She knows about stress. I don't worry about that stress. She worries about that. I don't worry about that. Robert Powell knows about stress. He's got the, one of the most stressful jobs in our business, and that is taking care of the customers and making sure that the technicians are out on the jobs at the right times and, and so forth. He's got a big responsibility, and it's a very stressful job. I guess I could be, you know, I need to be overly stressed uh, all the time, but I tend to turn it off when I leave the office. I've been able to do that. I don't know why I've been able to do that, but uh, uh, my mother told me a long time ago, do, don't worry about tomorrow, uh, but take care of today doing your best. That's, that's all we can do we can't we can't worry about the past. We can't worry about what tomorrow's going to bring. We need to worry about today and what we're doing today and do our best today and not stressed out. But listen, if you if you don't pay attention to what your body is telling you, chronic stress can sneak up on you disguising it to be normal. Just a normal day. So we need to know what the symptoms of stress are. We need to be able to recognize them so that we can take action. Stress can cause a person to have a lack of memory, an inability to concentrate, poor judgment, seeing only the negative, anxious or racing thoughts, constant worrying. Stress can cause a person to display depression or general unhappiness, anxieties and agitation, moodiness, irritability or anger, feeling overwhelmed, feeling loneliness and isolation, and other mental and emotional health problems. Stress can cause a person to experience aches and pains, chest pains, rapid heart rate, frequent codes and flus, Stress can cause a person to eat more or to eat less, sleep too much or too little, withdraw from others, procrastinate, there I am, or neglect responsibilities. You know stress in our in our country is such to where people uh, revert to taking drugs, drinking alcohol, uh, other such uh, things to keep them from the stress of the world, just to keep their minds off of the things that are causing them stress. Uh, drug use in our country is on the rise. Uh, is stress the cause of this? I would say that it is. Stress also causes nervous habits. But wait a minute. We're, we're Christians. We, we shouldn't. We shouldn't stress out. We shouldn't be stressing about things in our life we're Christians there's nothing in this world that we should stress about you know don't you hate it when somebody tells you oh, don't worry don't worry about it everything's going to be okay yeah. you're thinking to yourself <laughs> that we could just trade places and let them walk in my shoes they'd see why, why I'm worried yeah. yet Christ in the Sermon on the Mount said, don't worry Turn with me to Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6, begin with verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the fields, which which today is... And tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he, he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the moral, but for the moral shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day as the evil thereof. First, Jesus says we should not worry and stress over the problems because there is more to life than food and raiment. This world may measure success by accumulation of physical possessions, And the Christian should measure success by his faithfulness to God. We understand that temporal riches uh, will not matter when we die. Remember 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 7, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Second, we should not worry and stress over our problems because we are of greater value than the birds and the grass and the flowers. Jesus stated such and emphasized it was he uh, when he declared it. Yet your Father, uh, heavenly father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? While God provides for the other things of his creation, Jesus refers to him as our heavenly father. In other words, we are of value to God. He will take care of us. Even more so. You know, there's been a lot of times that, uh, of course, Phyllis and I pray constantly about our business. And uh, we, we, have to, we have to put it in the, in the Lord's hand. Uh, there's been many times we prayed for that, that check to come in so that we can make that payroll. And, and every time that check has come in, to make that payroll. And, and there's nothing that you can do about it. There's, there's nothing that you can do except do your best for the day. And God's gonna take care of you. Now, that doesn't mean that the problems are gonna go away. But it certainly is comforting to know that you can take it to God. Third, we should not worry over stress, over our problems because worrying is an exercise in futility. Unfortunately, we cannot Undo our past and the future is uncertain. Thus, we are simply to concern ourselves with the present. Fourth, we should not worry and stress over our problems because it is a mark of unbelief. Jesus referred to the Gentiles to illustrate unbelief. In other words, we should expect unbelievers to worry and stress, but we should not expect it from Christians. The New Testament is quite clear as to our position on such. Leave your burdens with God, do not take them back with you. Fifth, we should not worry and stress over our problems because our Heavenly Father already knows our needs. We often sing and pray knowing such, do we believe it? If we know our children's had needs, would we not fulfill them? Likewise, such is true with God. He knows what our needs are and He fulfills them. And finally, we should not worship and stress over our problems because each day contains enough trouble on its own. We ought to live one day at a time. This principle alone may relieve so much worry and stress from our lives because so much of it has nothing to do with the present. Jesus said we should not worry. Now, what is God's antidote for worrying, for stress? Go with me to Philippians 4. Verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, we live in the richest country in the world. We enjoy more freedoms in any nation. Both Christians and non-Christians are blessed beyond belief. And yet at the same time, we are some of the most stressed out, most worrisome who have ever lived. We have more doctors, more counselors, more therapists, more psychologists, more psychiatrists, than any other nation in the world, all specializing in the area of helping people cope with the stresses, the worries and anxiety of daily living. Paul said, be careful for nothing. The King James, the New King James Version says, be anxious for nothing. This is not just anyone telling us not to be stressed out, but the Apostle Paul Worrying, being stressed, is an indication that we think God isn't capable of taking care of the matter or looking after us. Worry is putting question marks of where God has put periods. When Paul says, be anxious for nothing, he means nothing. It includes not worrying about yesterday, not worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. It uh, means about, uh, to not worry about our marriage about our jobs, about our health, about our finances, about our country. And by the way, there was no uh, uh, collusion we found out today. A lot of people were stressed out about that. We are stressed out about our country. There's so much division in our world today, especially in this nation. And it's perpetuated by the media and, and by uh, other liberal and conservatives. And it stresses the people out. We, we are a stressed out nation. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. The very root of worrying is our lack of faith and trust in God to be able to handle the circumstances we are anxious about. In a sense, by being anxious over a particular circumstance, we're saying, God, this one's too big for you. Looks like we're gonna take care of this one ourselves because we know that you don't have the time to take care of it. What Paul is telling us here to do is to be anxious for nothing and pray about everything. In essence, what Paul is saying is stop talking to yourselves and getting yourself all worked up and start talking to God. This is the antidote. This is the cure for worrying and and, uh, anxieties. Take it to the Lord in prayer, is the antidote to counteract the deadly poison of stress. Stress is a killer, by the way. Stress can kill you. This is why it's so serious because we stress for nothing, about nothing, when we should be taking it to the Lord. And letting the Lord take care of our stress and worries. Now what's going to happen to you tomorrow? As long as you've got the Lord in your hearts and your minds, it doesn't matter what, what tomorrow brings. Because you know where you're going to be. You know what's going to happen to you in the end of this world. But it's when we don't have that faith in Christ, when we don't have our faith in God, when we're not right with God, then we need to really be stressed out. Because what might come tomorrow might be the end of our life here on this earth. And then where are we? There are two ways in which prayer acts as an antidote to worry and anxieties. One, it releases us of the burden. When we worry or we're anxious about something in our lives, all the weight, all the stress, all the burden is squarely upon our shoulders. We are burdened down with trying to figure out our own solutions rather than trusting in God. And when we pray, we are rolling the burden from our shoulders to the shoulders of God. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 11:28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The second way that prayer acts as an antidote to anxiety is to help us to focus on God rather than our problem. When you and I are anxious about something or worrying about something, is all we think about. It's what we think about when we go to bed. It's what we think about when we get up the next day. We worry about it all day long. It consumes us with worry. Prayer helps us to focus on how big and how great God is and not how big and great our problems are. Finally, brothers and sisters, God promised us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, if we will stop short of worrying and pray to Him with thanksgiving, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's not saying that our problems are going to go away. It's not saying that uh, it won't get worse. But it does give us a peace that God knows our problems. And that he is our God and no matter what happens, we, he is in control of our lives and ultimately he will take care of us. This is why I can leave the office in the afternoon and not worry about yesterday or tomorrow. I just leave it there at the office, and I go home, and I I carry on. And I'm trying to teach Phyllis how to do that a little bit better because we all worry, and we all, you know, take the worries of our lives differently, and we need to learn how to to deal with them. Got a story here. This, uh, the story... Is told of a man who got a permit to open his first liquor tavern in a small town. The members of the local church were strongly opposed to the opening of the bar, so they began to pray that God would intervene. A few days before the tavern was scheduled to open, lightning hit the structure and burned it to the ground. The members of the church were surprised but very pleased at what had happened until they received a notice that they would that the would-be tavern owner was suing the church. His contention was that their prayers were responsible for the loss of his business. The church denied the charge. At the conclusion of the preliminary hearing, the judge remarked, At this point, I don't know what my decision will be, but it seems to me the tavern owner believed in the power of prayers, and these church members don't. Do you truly believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe God is big enough to handle your greatest worries and fears? Do you believe God is big enough to handle the problems you are worried Wording yourself sick over this. We need to take our problems to God and let him deal with them. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Is there stress in your life? If so you can go to God in prayer and lay your burdens at his feet. However, if you're not a child of God, you, uh, God, you cannot help you. Uh, he cannot help you. But that can change if you just obey in the uh, obey God in the obedience of His gospel through hearing the Word, believing, confessing Christ as our Lord and Savior, and being baptized for the remission of your sins. Then living faithfully the Christian life. During this invitation song, if you have any needs, we ask that you come forth so that we can help you.